welcome to Vision Scope, a program designed to educate and inform on matters relating to disabilities. My name is Wilbert Williams. Recently, Damian Rose interviewed Nyla Lati. Nyla is an accomplished physiotherapist. She used to work in the government service of Jamaica as a physiotherapist until her retirement a few years ago. Nyla has also contributed a lot to the growth and development of the Jamaica Society for the Blind. JSB, as the agency is affectionately known, has a program on YouTube called JSB Trailers. So Damien interviewed Nyla on this program and today it gives me great pleasure to present an edited version of that interview. I would encourage all of you when you get the chance to go to the JSB channel and listen to some of the interviews done by Damien Rose. So sit back and relax and enjoy the program. Where are you from? I am from the parish of Clarendon, a little place called Roden Hall. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yes, yes. And um, the family. Tell us a little bit about your family. I know of your brother, um, Jeffrey. We interviewed him a few episodes back. Um, tell us a little bit about the family. All right. There, there are seven siblings of us, and of course my mother and father, who were, uh, wait, they were, they are died now, but were married people. So mm -hmm. we lived in a good, nice family relationship like that. I have three brothers up the top, one, mm -hmm. two, three, and they're okay, no problems in terms of um, physical disability. Then came my sister. My sister, we call her Fruity. My sister, and then Jeffrey, my brother, and then I was the next one. So three of us down the line. And we all came with some form of visual impairment. And then there was the last one, and he's fine in terms of physical problems. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So in terms of you know, what, what is your visual impairment? What, what is the cause? Well, they say that the uh, optic nerve, I think is the name of that nerve, yes, that the optic nerve was so poorly developed. Sometimes my doctor wonder how I see anything at all. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and I, oh, all of us had congenital cataracts as well. Oh, so all three of you had congenital cataracts. 
Yes. Right, right. And tell us a little bit about that household. What was it like, you know, the, the three of you were having some visual impairment. The first three had, had were, were, were quite all right. What was it like growing up among your um, seeing brothers and sisters? Well, you know, actually, when I think about it now, they were, they were really quite fantastic about how they, they, they dealt with us. Because even though we couldn't see well, we... We were not left in the back room, as it were. Right. We were up there with them. If we were playing hide and seek, you know, these little games that we used to play, I used to be the person who would, who would seek them, because, you know, you can't see goods. Right, right. find them. Right. Um, and they would make a little sound, you know, whoop, and you would run to where the sound is. And right. Then they would, you know, and, yeah. and find them. So it, right. it, they made us feel a part of, of things, really and truly. Nice, you know, nice. so it was good. Nice, it was nice. Good. The, the, the parents, their thinking in terms of you three having a visual impairment, what were their views on you guys? Well, for sure, they didn't leave us behind. Um, they didn't leave us behind. If we were going, I don't know if you remember in those old days, there was something called picnic. At, at Christmas time, there was always a picnic. Right. Where you had fives and drums and merry go yes, yes, and yes. such matters. Mm -hmm. um, so we used to go there. But um, my mother insisted that I would, would not do anything like going on a merry-go-round. <laughs> uh, so all, all I did was, was every minute I find an ice cream in my hand. Yes. Eat ice cream. Ice cream. That was my yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But my sister could could go, cause she could see a little better than I could. Okay. But I don't remember one thing about Jeffrey. What happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> right. And now on to schooling. Was the school for the blind your first school? No, man. Um, my mother was insistent that we be educated, mm -hmm. come not matter what. Right. So I went to a little school they called you know infant school, mm -hmm. and then I went to primary school, but I couldn't see beyond my nose. I could have, I, couldn't I, see the blackboard? No, man. I didn't see a thing. And I can't see a thing. But I had to go to school. Right. And I used to do some, you know, I, my, the teachers were really, they didn't know what to do with me. So they just, just ignored me. I was just in school, sitting down, doing nothing. And I remember one time, my sister, I was halfway to school and I decided that I am going to go back home because I can't take the school business no more. And the children used to tease me bad, bad, bad. Mm -hmm. So I said to Fruity Boy, my stomach hurting me, no one go home. And she run back with me home and put me at the gate, call the old lady and, and she gone back to school because she loved school. Right. She could see a little more than I Right. She could manage school. Mm -hmm. But my mother insisted that I had to go to school no matter what. Then now, uh, one time, somebody told my mother about the school for the blind, out of the blue. And quick o'clock, she found herself there with us. Jeffrey and I, really, we were in town. Right. Dealing with some eye thing at KPH. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's where you found out about the school for the blind? No, no, not, not quite. Somebody just happened to see us and tell us about the school for the blind. Some family member. Right. So the next day she just took us there to have a look and to find out what was going on because she was so intrigued to hear that there was a school for the blind. Mm -hmm. 
Anyway, long and short of it is that in those days too, School for the Blind was not a free institution. Oh. You know. So we are we are from a poor family mm-hmm. set up. So my mother uh, went to maybe parish council and see what they could do in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. paying and so on, getting us in, getting a scholarship. Yeah. You had to get a scholarship, I think, to get into the school for the blind. Right. So Long and short of it though, they decided to offer one scholarship. I think they call it scholarship. Call it scholarship anyway. Mm-hmm. One scholarship to the school. And when the little man came, they, I think they called him the public inspector. When he came to our home, he said that there was a scholarship on offer. And his words were, who want to go? And I jumped up and I said, me, 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 what go? <laughs> because I so desperately wanted to leave the school that I was going, the right. primary school. Because I was doing nothing there, nothing. And life was getting frustrating. Very frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if the decision was made then, I don't know. But all I know, I was, I was going to school and I really went to school. I was the first one there. Right. And what was life for you at the School for the Blind like? Boy, apart from the, the other children sometimes teasing you and, you know, carrying you to place when you're new and running away and leaving you and you're your ball. Yes. Apart from that side of it, I found it absolutely amazing that for once, I was understanding school, understanding class, and actually learning. The most fantastic part of it was to learn to read Braille. Mm -hmm. And when I learned to read Braille, I could get a book and I could read. I was over the mood. I was just amazingly satisfied with life. And some little time after, the matron, Mm -hmm. Mrs. Weeks was the matron at that time. She called me and said to me, if if Jeffrey was bright, like I am. So I said to her, Miss, I am not bright, Miss. But Jeffrey's bright, bright. Because Jeffrey really was bright. Right. So, so she said, but you are very bright. And long and short of it, they got Jeffrey into the school because of what I was apparently doing at mm-hmm. school. Right. I was doing well in school. Right. And loving it. Uh, so the time came. In those years of long ago, we had exam called... Jamaica local exams mm-hmm. and we had first year, second year, third year exams. Anyhow, when I was about 12, 13, Jeffrey and I, we sat the first year exam mm-hmm. and believe it or not, I got the first, they used to grade the first nine, I think, places. Mm-hmm. So I got the first place in first year. And also they used to grade them like first class pass or second class pass. Mm. So I got a first class pass and Jeffrey got a first class pass at the school for the blind. So both of us did very well. And my first place um, position gave me a chance to go to a, gave me a scholarship to go to a high school. Mm-hmm. So that is how I ended up going to Ulmer's High School for girls. Yes. And a whole new situation now. What was that like? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, almost high school for girls 
was a very intriguing um, place. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I had to adjust to dealing with uh, all those people who could see. Right. And, um, but one thing was going for me. I was bright. Mm -hmm. And when you're bright, you know, wherever you are, you <laughs> attract good yes, attention. Yes, so, yes, yes. Yes. So I did well in my studies at Woolmers. And I was loved by many people. And some of the, the girls were, they were sort of, Show, show their bad ways were shown up mm -hmm. by, by, mm -hmm. the, by the principal. Right. And she was always saying, if Nyla can do that, and you know. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> so, so they, it was a mixed bag, really. Right. But you know, um, it was good, very good. Nice, nice, nice. And you went through high school and you graduated. What was life like after high school? What did you do? Did you go on to further studies? Well, yes. Um, in those days, it was GCE we were dealing with. Right. So I, I took GCE. I took eight subjects, as it happens, and mm. I got eight of them. Right. And the matron at the school, remember the Mrs. Biggs Ms. I was talking right, about? Right, definitely. Yes. Um, I had said to her that I wanted to do journalism, but she had said, boy, journalism can be a difficulty. Probably mm -hmm. what I might want to try for us is go study physiotherapy, and then, you know, I can always do journalism at another time. Right. So after getting explanation as to what that is, and there was one blind gentleman who had not too long graduated as a physiotherapist. That's Wilbert Williams? That's Wilbert Williams, yes. yes. So I spoke to him and he explained what it was and I decided, yes, all right, I will do that. But I really wanted to do um, journalism. journalism. Right. But anyhow, um, so it worked out. Mrs. Wicks did all that she usually knows how to do very well. Mm -hmm. Got me a scholarship. Um, and Eventually, I went to England and I got a scholarship and studied physiotherapy at the Royal National Institute for the Blind. They ran at that time a school of physiotherapy for blind and visual impaired training. So I ended up in England. That was probably about 1972, perhaps. Right. So I went to the school and found that indeed physiotherapy was a very intriguing professional um, situation mm -hmm. where the training I found very good also. And I love to help people. Right. So it's a very helping profession. Mm -hmm. It's a health type of profession where we treat um, patients with many, many varied conditions. Mm -hmm. Conditions dealing with orthopedics, for example, with um, neurology, with um, cardiopulmonary, so all the various areas right. of the system, right. we, we, we work to assist in getting the persons better or teaching them how to live with their condition. Mm -hmm. So eventually, I, it was a three-year affair. It was in those days a diploma program. And at the end of it, I did well also to the point where Mind you, I failed one area mm -hmm. in one part of the system, but I eventually ended up 
with the final examinations we did. And I got a credit from that um, final examination, which was a very good thing. Nice. Uh, so I was bonded by the government of Jamaica for five years. Right. So it meant that I didn't have a problem. I just went into a job when I returned. Right. Mm -hmm. so, and where did you work when you returned? Well, I started at um, Kingston Public Hospital. Mm -hmm. Spent a rather short time there, and then I was put into a place called National Chest Hospital. I objected, I didn't want to go there because I wanted some little, it's a fairly specialized area that it just deals with chest conditions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I was told I have no choice in the matter. Oh, jeez. Go where you go, go where you put. So I went. So you went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've gone through a few places. I've worked at Surgeon Holding Rehab Center. Mm -hmm. But where I ended was Bustamante Hospital for Children. Yes. I spent some good long years. Didn't want to go there either. Mm -hmm. But that was a promotional opportunity. Right. And um, I was told if you don't take it, well, there's no way you might be given any more promotion. And really and truly, government system is ridiculous because that's the only promotion I, 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 I received. Right. So. And do you think that your visual impairment had anything to do with it? The fact that I didn't get promoted? Yes. I am sure, I am sure, I'm sure it did. I am sure it did. Right, right, um, right. So you have gone to England now and you studied physiotherapy, came back home, started working. Did you start any life of your own in terms of getting any kids or anything like that? <laughs> well, uh, well, I wouldn't say I didn't start any life like that. I started life like that, but I didn't get any kids. Right, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you now get involved with the Jamaica Society for the Blind? Oh, well, the Jamaica Society for the Blind was going through many changes at the time when I got involved. Uh, in the times in the early, in the 70s, that sort of period. Mm -hmm. I came back in the mid-70s. So in those, in those days, there wasn't really much going on. I think the council or the board or whatever it is called, mm -hmm. the board at that time, I think, had one representative, uh, a blind person on the board. Right. And, uh, but we were fighting and I joined the fight so eventually the whole system was changed and now I can't remember but I think most of the board is now um, consistent most of the board consistent yeah, we have a, yeah, you have a mixture now we have a mixture yes. right so in terms of um, when you joined uh, because I've interviewed persons before like the Mr. Derek Palmer, Mr. Wilbur Williams and Mr. Orville Grant and they spoke about the whole the whole revolution how they you know practically they they, they, they overthrew the board you know and and uh, practically took over the running of the the Jamaica Society for the Blind but they were having issues because not a lot of them knew anything about how a board was supposed to operate and stuff like that so they were on the job while learning so tell us about your your input and how you contributed to 
the, 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 the Jamaica society back then? Well, I am a I'm a fairly quiet person, so I can't remember. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I can't remember doing any any big ball out that sort of thing. But, right. But I also did say that I love to do journalism, mm -hmm. and journalism includes um, writing. So I love I love writing. Mm -hmm. So eventually, I became the recording secretary wow. for like for board meetings mm -hmm. and and so on. And that was in which year, if you can remember? Oh mercy! I can't, if I remember the year, I, I can't quite remember the year. But but it was in I, the seventies. Yes, it was somewhere in there. Right. It was in the when the thing was changed, and a, a lot of us were actually on the board. Mm -hmm. But I remember they saying, you know, you'll be recording secretary until you leave. Whoa! Which was very, you know. Yeah, yeah. Intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I obviously didn't do a bad job of recording. Right. Recording is vital to life. So. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so I, I did I did that. And in terms of the the board, were you only a recording secretary, or you you did any other you took any other position on the board? I don't think I took any other position on the board. I was just recording secretary full stop because each year, you know, you you mean like chairman and such? No, right, no, right. And um, how long were you the secretary? Boy, you ask me questions that I cannot. <laughs> I think, I think there was a, a was it, wasn't there a time? I think there's a time thing about Bordeaux. You can't be on the board for more than I don't remember how long, but mm -hmm. I think, and then you had to be re-elected. So I went through several re-elections until I don't know. Right. I can't, sorry, can't remember the exact time about it, but. Some good years, man. I was on the board. Nice, nice. And if you can remember, what are some of the things that were implemented under the board that, you know, were implemented to help blind and visually impaired persons? Well, I think the fact that, um, you know, more blind people were on the board, things that, that were needed to be changed and so on, at least was on the agenda. And, um, you know, so they were discussed and where possible, some of them were implemented. Right. It's too long ago to tell you what and why and how, but um, it's a struggle that will go on until we are no more. I am sure that here and now there are many things that could be improved, but just Life must go on, but I think a person should be in a position who is themselves um, blind or whatever other disability mm -hmm. there might be. So you know, if you have a if you have a board, you need people who are living through the experience. That is true. Uh, we know what we we think would be better done that way. Right. That way. Right. Yeah, you can't be told what to do by somebody else. You have to determine. And over your long life and great career so far, did you ever play any other role here at the Jamaica Society for the Blind? I don't. No, I don't think so. No. Right, right. But right. Um, like you have a forum and so on. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always interested to go to these uh, uh, things. Oh, but I must also tell you that I had a, a severe um, accident one time in my life. Right. I think that was 87, I think. 
I was crossing a road. I used a white cane, crossing a pedestrian crossing, and a motorist. I was told that I could cross by you know some people. Yeah. And I was crossing, and a, a motorist just overtook everything that had stopped, and I got a severe um, head injury mm. as a result. Yeah. Now that that really changed my life in in many many ways. I was completely out for about weeks or so, just unconscious. Anyway, it took me some time to come around and I don't know how much people know about head injury and the stages that you go through. But one of the stages is that you become very boisterous when you recover. Right. And you really go on bad. Um, <laughs> so I went through all that. But my family was very much in control of what was happening. They were very much with me. Mm -hmm. And um, so it took me time, but I eventually recovered to some good extent so I could go home. In that period though, I needed help to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I have to bring my sister, Ruthie. Right. She really gave up whatever she was about and became my nurse, a really nurse in quotation marks. Oh, right. So I had to stop. But I think it was nearly a year or two years, I think, mm -hmm. that I it took me to go back to work. I wasn't a year. Right, right. But anyhow, I eventually went back to work, and thank God, I could manage. And uh, so, so, so you were doing physiotherapy up until you retired. Yes, and. In terms of the Jamaica Society for the Blind now, and you have been around for a very long time and you have seen the changes that have gone on here and seen where we are now. What is your overall view of where the Jamaica Society is now and where it's coming from? Well, when I came into it first, as I said to you, there wasn't much input um, from blind people into into the running of the society. Mm -hmm. To the point now where um, over some years now I've seen uh, blind or visually impaired people being um, executive director of the um, association. Mm -hmm. I have seen interesting things like um, the eye clinic has developed and has seemed to have developed very well. A building was set up and a part of that building uh, is to do with the eye clinic, to house the eye clinic. Mm -hmm. And I think the eye clinic is really being used very well by by people. Right. Not by blind people alone, but by by people. Right, right, right. Because we are also about vision care. Indeed. Right, right. And that is a very vital part of, of, of the whole process. And we have so many diabetic people in this country. Mm -hmm. And blindness is a part of that or can be a part of that. So I think this is a very, very important role that I think the society is now involved with. And I'm, I'm very happy for that. We used to do a fair amount uh, on mobility, uh, mobility training. We had rehabilitation field officers 
but it seems not good, but somewhat, but I think it's improving again. And I think that is important um, as well. And, you know, to the clients of the Jamaica Society for the Blind, or to persons who are out there who, you know, have visual impairment and, you know, they, 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 they are hesitant about coming and getting involved with the Jamaica Society for the Blind. What would be your message to them? I think that an association such as this, you know, we should all, we should try our best to, to come and give support and seek help if we need it also. Because not, not, not because if you're visually impaired, that doesn't say that you're helpless and hopeless mm -hmm. and you're just seeking all the time. Right. You are also um, giving. Because I remember in days of time, any time at least, the library sometimes needs people to help to sort out, mm -hmm. help to sort out braille books and destroy some. And, you know, we would always be doing such things. So any, any, anything that we can do to assist the association, we surely should. Right. Should and a word to our clients. Well, use your service. The more you want to use the service, the more we should be forced to improve the service and to get more people, you know, to serve. So there's a little part that I like in this society is, is the library. Well, I'm a Braille person. As I told you, uh, Braille, Braille is what I use. Right. But um, there are problems now. Braille reading is not so hot on the agenda anymore. Mm. We are into what is technology. That? Technology. <laughs> yeah, we are into technology. And that is very good. What? But um, I think should be given some priority also. Yes, because that's how blind persons read and write. And in any other instant, if somebody can't read or write, you would say they are... Thank you. Good. They're, they're illiterate. Illiter right. <laughs> yes. So if you can't read and write with Braille, you're also illiterate. Yes, I agree with you. Right. Um, what I have to do now is, well, I am... Borrowing CDs. Right. But you know what? A CD, you can put it in your bed with you and hug it up and read and until read. you fall asleep, you know? Mm -hmm. So I miss my brain reading. And, and not only that, it can't, it can't enhance your spelling and your, 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 your grammar, you right? Are, you are so right. You are so right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I find, you know, the, the use of, of, of CDs, it's a very secondary affair, man. It's, can't replace, can't replace brain. No, Dad, never, never. No. And finally, a word to our valued members of staff. <laughs> uh, well, uh, better be careful, Dad. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting right beside one. <laughs> well, I am, I am no longer, you know, I'm not quite in my dotage yet, but um, I am no longer so actively involved in you know society for the blind so all i can say is whether or not you're active whether or not you use the services much i can say to you that the staff of any association 
is a vital aspect of its running and its worthiness and its worth. And I hope that the staff will make sure at all times that they give off their best for the organization's um, goodness to continue and to grow. And I'm sure the staff has challenges. One of them must be monetary considerations because agencies like this never have enough money to pay staff properly. I think I think probably the whole society would agree that 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 is so in many areas except such agencies like this. <laughs> but, but anyhow, I will not digress because I can't help them. If you have any questions or comments regarding this program, please address them to norwill2 at gmail.com. That is n-o-r-w-i-l-l number two at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Have a happy and productive week. That's it for today. Join me next time when we will present another in the series Vision Scope. Music was provided by Rennie Williams, Jr.